Hello, I'm really glad you joined us online for our Easter service, if you're watching this on Sunday. Today marks the day we celebrate the most important event in history for Christ followers. Have you ever thought, why do Christians get so excited about Easter? Easter is an official holiday on the calendar, but you have to wonder how much longer will that hold? At a certain point, it seems like we're going to want to move on as the country gets more secularized uh, and Easter might become a tradition of the past. Nowadays, you don't have to go far before hearing shots fired at organized religion. Here are some criticisms of religion. It's too narrow-minded. Religion makes people, the thought is, It makes them refuse to listen to others and be narrow-minded on different viewpoints. It's traditional. It's too traditional is another criticism. While some traditions are good overall, we need to be progressive and modernize. We, We don't need so many traditions controlling is another criticism of religion. It was Marx who said religion is the opiate of the masses, meaning it's like a drug that fogs the mind so we act like sheep. We're just being controlled and sent here and there. I've even heard some people say some version of all the problems of the world come from organized religion. Here's an example. This is a scathing statement from the article, The Problem with Faith, 11 Ways Religion is Destroying Humanity. It's time to let go and rise above the outdated and cruel exploits of our past that we inherited from our ancestors. We have grown. It's time that our world's religions face the tragic horrors of their past and make honest progression towards love and kindness for all humanity. Maybe you know people who have expressed these kinds of ideas, these thoughts, but you're not sure how to respond. If you're a Christ follower, you you just don't know how to respond. Or maybe you've thought some of these things yourself. Negativity toward religion is gaining momentum, for sure. Since the 1970s, Gallup has been doing a poll of Americans' confidence in various institutions. They've tracked confidence in the presidency, banks, news outlets, public schools, criminal justice systems, and more. At at least they've tracked 15 big institutions in American life. When they started in the 70s, Americans had greater confidence in the church or organized religion than any other institution by far. Look at this graph. From the 70s through 2019, you see a definite, distinct downward trend. According to this poll, Now, only 36% of Americans have confidence in the church 
or organized religion. That's a steep slide from the high of 68%. The military, small business, the police, the presidency, and the Supreme Court all have higher confidence levels than the church or organized religion. At any point in your life, if you have been skeptical about Jesus, Christians, or Christianity, this means you're not alone. If you feel suspicious about religion or what Christians stand for, others have had the same kinds of suspicions. This brings us to the question, how do I know Christianity is real? How do I know for sure that it's real? If you hold to Christianity, does that put you in the minority? We who are Christ followers, are we crazy to be clinging to Christianity? And to our faith? Are we irrelevant or old-fashioned for having faith in Jesus? In recognition of the most important event in history for Christians, we are starting a new message series called The Difference. Over the next six weeks, we're, we're going to explore the undeniable impact of the Christian movement on our world. And it is an undeniable impact for the good that it's had. If you're hoping that the Christian worldview holds water, it truly holds water, we'd like to show you how it does in this series. Christianity is not under attack for the first time. Various people and governments throughout history have tried to shut Christianity down They've tried to censor the Bible and lock up Christians. And despite large organized efforts, it hasn't been stamped out yet. And it it tends to thrive under persecution. This is not the first time shots have been fired at Christianity. This is a picture of Christians being thrown to the lions in Rome in the first century. That's when Christianity was new. So it's been going on ever since Christian movement got launched. Also, Christianity is not just held by a few people. Worldwide, it is no small number of people who believe in Jesus. The Pew Research Center did a worldwide study on this topic in 2015. Check out this graph. In 2015, there was an estimated... 7.3 billion people on the planet. The poll determined that 2.3 billion, nearly one-third of the population, was recognized as Christian. Even with a generous margin of error, that is a big number. Huge. Finally, Christianity is not just a new movement. It was 2,000 years ago that Jesus died and rose again. Sometimes it's hard to grasp how long ago that was. Faith in Jesus has been passed down, passed down from generation to generation to generation and on. Many of the Christians before us held firm and they weathered some very difficult choppy waters in society. In fact, 
Faith in Jesus started with a ragtag group of followers, the disciples who became followers. And Jesus' first followers were convinced of his resurrection. When, when you do the research for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will not find scientific proof. You can't put the, the resurrection in a test tube and prove it scientifically. What you do is you weigh the evidence like you were a jury and you need to arrive at a verdict um, on the based on the evidence like you would on a jury in a courtroom. One of the most convincing pieces of evidence is the eyewitness testimony of those first disciples, those who became apostles. They spent three years with Jesus, watching him live, watching him teach, listening to him teach. They, they would be fully acquainted with his attitudes, habits, and practices. In the end, they watched him die a horrible, unjust death as a criminal on the cross. Some watched at a distance, while others watched close up. Just a few watched close up. Jesus was confirmed to be dead by his Roman executioners, and then the book of Acts picks up after his death on the cross. Acts 1-3. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them, the apostles, by many convincing Proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. A strong piece of evidence for the resurrection is the fact that these men stopped. They refused to stop sharing the good news that Jesus was raised from the dead. Under the threat of imprisonment and death threats, they refused to be quiet because they were convinced that the resurrection really happened. And they would know if it happened or not. Simon Peter was the first of the apostles to discover the empty tomb, the fact of the resurrection. Here's the account in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 24:12. Peter, however got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw the, the, only the linen cloths. There was no body. So he went home amazed at what had happened. I would imagine Peter was an extrovert and he was impulsive. But God used these characteristics to launch the Christian movement by his bold preaching on the day of Pentecost. After seeing Jesus on the road, there were two disciples who saw Jesus on the road while they were walking down a road, and he appeared to them after his crucifixion. And after seeing them on the road, they found the eleven, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed. And has appeared to Simon. Every one 
of the disciples who remained after Judas betrayed Jesus built their lives around telling others about the resurrection and the power of Jesus Christ. In fact, ten of the eleven died a martyr's death for their faith in Christ. The word martyr literally means witness. They witness to the resurrection to their death. It's an amazing thing. It's a strong testimony for the evidence of the resurrection. Why, why would they do that unless they were convinced that this event happened? Peter was crucified for his faith in Christ, for testifying about the resurrection. And he asked to be crucified upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was. This is one of the strongest pieces of evidence for the resurrection, the eyewitness testimony of those who lived with him. They saw the crucifixion and they uh, realized that it really happened. It wasn't a lie. These men would know if it was a lie. The fact that they went to their death is compelling evidence. Simon Green, Greenleaf was a Jewish professor of law at Harvard, and he was considered the greatest authority in the U.S. during his day of evidence for the courtroom. He was challenged to apply uh, the evidence uh, to the resurrection, the evidence, the rules of evidence in the courtroom. He applied it, and he became a Christian. And he was convinced by the evidence. Many others have tried to disprove the resurrection as well, and ended up giving their lives to follow Christ and writing books on the evidence of the resurrection. Edmund Bennett was the dean of law at Boston University, and he did the same thing as Greenleaf, and he committed his life to Christ and wrote a book on it. Frank Morrison wrote a book titled, Who Moved the Stone? And the title of the first chapter was, The Book That Refused to Be Written. Because he started writing his book to disprove the resurrection, but the evidence led him to decide to follow Christ. Josh McDowell was a law student who put in at least 700 hours of study to refute the resurrection, and he couldn't do it. He, he couldn't, he, he was an atheist at the time, and he, he vehemently opposed the resurrection, but he committed his life to Christ, and he now speaks worldwide on the evidence for the resurrection. He, he wrote a book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Verdict. There's a bunch of evidence in there. J. Warner Wallace was an atheistic homicide detective who applied the rules of homicide investigations to the resurrection, and he determined that the testimony of the disciples was real, and he gave his life to Christ 
and now he shows the evidence for the resurrection as well. Lee Strobel was an investigative journalist who tried to disprove Christianity, and he couldn't. So he followed Christ and became a pastor, and now he speaks powerfully about the evidence for Jesus Christ and the resurrection and the difference Jesus Christ makes. Of course, the most compelling evidence for the resurrection is the testimony of the first disciples who became the apostles and who witnessed to the crucifixion. They witnessed the crucifixion of the Christ and they saw him after he died and they went to their death testifying about the fact of the resurrection. The other men who've investigated just tells us that there is evidence that we can look back on the historical event of the resurrection and we can still see the evidence and weigh and arrive at a verdict for ourselves. I invite you to do your own investigation of the evidence if you haven't yet decided to follow Christ. It's We have a book for you uh, that you can request online. And it's The Case for Easter by Lee Strobel. Uh, we'll send it to you if you let us know that you'd like to have it sent to you. The evidence for the resurrection is laid out in this book. Today, I'm, I'm not sure where you're at on the journey of exploring the evidence in support of the resurrection of Jesus, but we want to help you wherever you're at. We, we would love to help. You may have one of these three responses to evidence in support of the resurrection. Maybe you're convinced. It could be that you're already convinced, just like the disciples were convinced. For those of us who claim to follow Christ, this describes where you're at. You gather and worship each week. You learn about Jesus and you celebrate the difference he makes in your everyday life, in your world and the world at large. You're taking notes, you're giving thought, and you're, you leave encouraged, strengthened, and eager to put some of the things you've learned from the Bible into practice. You regularly invite others to explore Christian faith because you are convinced yourself. Maybe you're curious. Maybe that's how you describe yourself. You're here. You're exploring and genuinely Genuinely asking, all of these Christians that go to these churches, why would they go every week, week after week after week? Why would I go to church instead of sleeping in on my day off? Maybe you're curious about the motivation to, to do this thing. Maybe this whole church thing is the right thing to do, but I'm not quite convinced yet. Or maybe you'd describe yourself as a critic. You're here, but if you're honest, you'd rather not be. <laughs> um, 
it's just once a year as a favor that you do, and hey, there's a good meal on the horizon. The critic would say that the story is false, no one rose from the dead, it's a fairy tale in which the view of some is destroying humanity as just another organized religion. In this series, we're going to explore the undeniable impact the movement of Christianity has had on our world. The reason it's had that kind of impact is resurrection power has changed the world and continues to make a difference in the world. Here at CIV, for countless other Christian churches around the world, we hold certain days in high regard. There are certainly two biggies. Christmas is the day that we celebrate God sending his son to be born of a woman and stepping into our world. We call that the incarnation. And Easter is the day we celebrate the victory Jesus had over death when he rose from the dead after dying a cruel death on the cross for the sin of the world, for your sin and mine. Without the resurrection of Jesus, Christians are in a hopeless state. In fact, the Bible captures this in a letter from a first century Christian leader and pioneer named Paul. He wrote, 1 Corinthians 15.7, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Paul is saying, that without the resurrection, you, you're dead in your sins. So the resurrection is a game changer. The Christian belief is that all people have sinned. We've all gone our own way. We've rebelled against God. We've run the opposite direction of Him. We've tried to live life independent of Him. Our sin has separated us from God, our Creator. So, out of love, God did an amazing thing. He sent his son to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life, and he was unjustly accused and died a cruel death on the cross to pay for our sin. And then he rose again. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. But you can be sure that it's real as you weigh the evidence for yourself. Christianity has had quite an impact on the world, and that's why I'm inviting you to join us for the rest of this series. We'll be highlighting the major impact of the, the Christian movement around the world. Here's a preview of our Difference series. First of all, on 424 next week, godly guidance. It's the change that's been brought through political leaders who have written in to laws Christian biblical principles. The West has been blessed by governments built on applying biblical principles to governing people. 
Next week, the next week, global compassion, relief efforts. The majority of compassion efforts spring from Christians and are led by Christians. Next week, Mother's Day, raising inherent worth. The value of women and children. Christ followers followed Jesus' lead and he raised the value of women and children who were not very valuable in the minds of the people in his day. Next week, the next week, uh, we're, we're talking about removing racial barriers. And we'll look at the value of all human life, regardless of race or ethnicity. And then the wrap-up of the series, Despite Opposition. The growth of the church is is explosive even under and especially under the threat of persecution. People get frustrated with organized religion and Christianity gets lumped into the pile. But we aim to show in this series how Christianity has been a major force for good. And it really has. In fact, there's a great deal of good in our world that we take for granted that comes out of the Christian movement and we'll highlight much of it in this series. So I hope you'll return. Christianity has had an undeniable positive impact on history and on the world. And you might really question that, and that's okay. So we put this series together to analyze this statement. Is the world better or worse off because of Christianity? Now, let's assume that some of you question the worth of Christianity, but you're longing for a, a, a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Let's face it. There's brokenness in our world and in our lives. People may think religion leads to problems, but actually Jesus calls, Jesus came to solve the problems. He brings hope and healing. God raised Jesus to life to change us and our world. And as you'll see in this series, the people whose lives he has changed have made a major difference in the world as they follow him and do what he motivates them to do and commands them to do. We invite you to explore with us over the next few weeks so you can consider personally how getting involved in the movement of Christianity will help you and serve you by seeing families restored and unified at CIV. Our church has had a 34-year focus, over 34 years, of helping families build, grow, and repair damage and navigate the challenges that we all face. Maybe you're a dad or a mom and or a grandparent, and you're concerned about the future 
of the world that your kids or grandkids will inherit. Your involvement here can make a tangible difference in them and their lives if you bring them with you. We need the power of the resurrection because our sin has separated us from God. We need to admit that. God didn't abandon us, but out of love, he sent his son in the person of Jesus Christ to come live a perfect life. He died for us, for our sins, and we need to believe that he died for our sins and rose on the third day to pay the price for our sins and show the power he has to forgive our sins. And that's what we're celebrating today. It, it's a it's a beautiful thing that we celebrate on this Easter time. I want to give you some specific next steps to, to take. Um, and here are my suggestions. You may have others that you want to take uh, that God has motivated you to take. But here, here are some of my suggestions. My next step today is to, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and commit to follow him as Lord. Maybe you've been investigating. Maybe you are convinced of the truth of the resurrection. And you're ready to make that decision. Mark that on your connection card. And we'll, we'll help you begin to grow. That's, that's why we exist. To help people grow in their understanding of what it means to follow Christ. Another step would be read the case for Easter to investigate the resurrection. Maybe that's what you'd like to do. And then another step would be just ask God to show you that he's real. Pray a prayer and, and pray it every day and ask God to show you the reality of himself. And he will do that. If you seek him, you'll find him. And I want to make sure that if you're motivated at all to do that, you will seek him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your kindness and goodness to us. And I pray that you'd help us to take the next steps that you have laid on our heart to take, that you give us the strength to take those, that you'd be honored as we take them, and that you would be pleased, Lord God, by all the the ways that we follow you. And that if, if people are listening to this, watching this, that aren't yet convinced, Father, draw them to yourself and help them to understand and weigh the evidence for themselves of the resurrection. I praise you, Lord God, for the way that you have grown us and worked with us and your patience and kindness and mercy and grace are so great. And I thank you for pursuing us even when we ran the other direction from you. And I praise you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.